0: The fella. the fella in the grain my short. The fella in the grain of my
1: short. Keep the good man on the bench. And welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle as always. And Nathan, we're going to start off with the first division this week and. A club statement from the Athlone Town Board, which confirmed that Martin Russell had departed his role as manager of the senior men's team. What do we make of this one?
0: Yeah, I think when the news spoke, not a lot of surprise by looking at Athlone this year. Bottom of the table, they've only won points. Uh, Picked that up in a one-all draw against uh, draw merchants. Bray Wanderers, winless in the last eight, 21 goals conceded, which is the most in the fourth division. So, wasn't surprised. Look, director of football, uh, Dermot Lennon, has been appointed interim manager as the search is ongoing. This is a weird sense of deja vu in a way, isn't it, Roy? We saw here not that long ago having this conversation about uh, Paul Dolan, who departed the, uh, the role as a long-term manager at the end of uh, 2021. Since uh, I think it was Porrock uh in, in, 20, in 2012, so that's 10 years ago now. Um, God, life is fleeting. The at Lone Town have had 14 managers since then, the last 10 years. Uh, that in itself is a damning statement, you know, you take in on the financial issues that they've had in their recent history, uh, that betting scandal in 2017, the dispute of ownership in 2018. It's sad that of It's become somewhat of a laughing stock of the league. And it's the manager crisis for me, mate. It really, really is. And you just have to gauge uh, the fans once again. You're chatting to a few fans over the past uh, past days, and this news is broken. Nobody actually really had a bad word to say about Martin Russell. And a lot of people think that they won't be able to get a better manager than Martin Russell in the current state. And it's all crying out for a major change in that club from top to bottom. Um, talking with the board, there's been a lot of fans upset with the board that they haven't been able to back a manager. That's been seen in the past 10 years. Like I said, right, 14 managers, That that's just that's bonkers to think of, isn't it? Yeah. That? And you wonder why they can't get any sort of consistency going, or they can't even make a, a, any sort of decent stay when they get to the Premier Division. Like You've had successes with some of those 14 managers, you know, but um, yeah, it's mad. And, and going back to that conversation me and you had not that long ago about Paul Doolin, and it always sticks out. You, you were going on, and rightfully so, now that it seems about that they have to go local. They have to stick local in terms of managers, coaches, players. Surely that's the only way to go here for that town, isn't there? Because this early on in the season, I couldn't... I've been thinking for a while now, What who could come in and replace them? And, you know, like last year when Paul's the a left the job, Ian Morris was without, was without a role back then. It was one or two others that we mentioned at the time. But now I'm racking my brain and, and I really can't think, you know? Do he look at Lensa Sr., you know, Willow Park, um, Athlone side in the Lensa Sr. Do they look like a side like that? Adrian Carberry, I, I was surprised when he let him go um after he, he short spell not short spell, a year or two spell. That's funny, it's a long spell for Athlone these days. Um like Adrian's a, a looking at Athlone man, um, very popular as a manager, very popular yep. as a player for Athlone Town, so yeah, for me that's the only way. But obviously, from someone not from at at and from the outside looking in, well, easier Layton, said than
1: done. But... they've they've nearly used up every manager in the League of Ireland. Yeah. You know, yeah. so where's the problem? Is the problem? Yeah. It can't be the managers. So it has to be with the. I mean, some of the clubs in League of Ireland, if you look at them, they they hand out tiny, tinchy budgets and expect managers to perform miracles. And there's no doubt that that's what's happened down here as well with, with Martin Russell. Martin Russell's a decent manager, yeah. a good, good, good coach. And what have Atlone done? You know, what have Athlon done in, in, in their time in the League of Ireland? Not, you know, recently, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not doing anything, you know, and they're, they're, as you said, they're going through manager after manager and they're, they're stuck in the way. They nearly went out of existence. So, where are, the board and atlone need to have a good hard look at themselves and say like where are we bringing this club what are we doing here what are, what is our expectations how are we going to develop this team how are we going to develop this club how are we going to make sure that the town is in with us i'm i'm not, i don't see anything from atlone to say that and in all fairness they've always been getting in players from outside of atlone they've been getting in managers from outside of atlone where's the passion In Athlone? Where's the passion for football in Athlone? Why isn't it focused in on Athlone Town Football Club? Why aren't all those clubs making sure that the youth are going in there and that the players are leaving Athlone to go on to bigger and better things? I'm not saying that and there's a good reason why because I don't see a plan.
0: And one thing they left out as well, Roy, which I think I again, outside looking in, I've never seen it being utilised is uh, at IT. IT. Is is the IT there of blending education with the opportunity to play uh, men's football? Like again, it's just a quick example. I'm living down here in Sligo, and I'm starting to see that the, the 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 relationship that Sligo Rovers have now with the IT is turning into a university, actually, which which is going to even make that double fold. They're going to have more people coming from you know, the likes of Dublin and Corway, Cork, bigger cities that are. Uh, that probably wouldn't wouldn't have came. Uh, more opportunities, more options. So if you can link, make them relationships with the IT in, in Athlone, that that'd be absolutely fantastic. But yeah, it, it really, really is. It just it goes back, doesn't it, to, to the board not actually willing to back a manager. And it's sad to say, well, you know, you, you look at Athlone Town in the 80s when, when the O'Connor board, like Torlock O'Connor was the manager and his brother Iporek was the manager after him. And the success that they had in terms of winning league titles, winning Fei Cups, but... Like I said, in recent history, that, that's just not been there at all. And it's a shame. Again, how, how often we've talked about these towns like long but one club is in them, one club towns. It's it's, it's a good fan base there. They, they've kept the club alive they really, in terms of investing money back in 2008, especially when they really looked like they were on the brink of existence back then. I think it's a decent little ground. I know it's not to everybody's taste. It's one. It's a nice it's a ground. Lo- yeah, lovely it's a lovely ground yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been there myself, you know, the location of it. It's, it's just outside the town. So that's all ideal. No excuses there of it being, you know, in, in the middle of the country. Um. Yeah, so the, it, it goes back to potential. We talked about Galway uh, the past couple of weeks, actually, with the investment that they're looking at. But. At loan, they look a million miles away from that. That there's no way of, of of seeing. And even last year, we looked, like now. I even done an article about the last year of the recruitment that they brought in. But even last year, they, they went through two managers, and it just it just can't. You can't get that level of consistency in all aspects of the club. You not can't only get on any the consistency, no I mean, consistency, anything, you know? and this is, and this like, is where
1: they are, Nathan. They're in depth. Yeah. Point of no consistency, no flow, no progress, no vision. It's it, they really, really have to look hard at themselves down on at that at the board down there. If they're happy with that, fair, fair enough. If they think that they're it's doing a good, yeah. yeah. But if they think that they're doing a good job, fair enough. You you continue on the way you're going and, and stay stuck in that first division. When a third tier comes in, don't be too surprised that you're going to drop down to the third division.
0: Yeah 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 definitely it really is like i said this isn't a cabin tea. this is a society that has been successful in the past and has a rich history of producing players a rich history in the league of ireland uh except a town that's you know like westmead even with the G- you can't blame the gaa with, with this county that, that they compete, competing it's 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 a town that it's, the aspect of football should be there uh it's a strong history of football in that town so yeah Damon and dying to see and personally i don't see where, where they go next like i said if you're looking at resources of managers, they pretty much use them all up. But even looking at the next three games, like treat United at home, uh, Cove Ramblers away and Waterford at the home, there's opportunities there to pick up points in the next couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I find it impossible to see because you're turning out managers after the first round of fixtures. It's it's just impossible to see. And like I said, mate, they cannot be surprised at the position they find themselves in.
1: Absolutely not. And it'd be very interesting to see where their next step is it, it, again, it's like getting a blank piece of paper out and starting again because they really need to have a look at every aspect of what they're doing and how it's all connected up. At the moment, there's nothing connected up at all. Okay, no. uh, tonight, Longford Town played Cove Ramblers. Nathan, you got to watch the game. I didn't get to see it myself. So we, we haven't discussed Longford Town uh, enough in the start and, and we can admit that. So talk about Longford. Tell us, uh, you've, you, you were delighted with their style of football tonight.
0: Yeah, so just a caveat for anybody listening and watching, uh, recording this on Tuesday, uh, the 12th of April. Um, we have some massive Champions League games going on. Uh, <laughs> where, uh, Bayern Munich and Villarreal, but uh, most importantly, Real Madrid and Chelsea. So the whole world is watching them games. I decided to uh, go on to be LOI TV and select uh, Longford and co ramblers And you know what, Roy? I'm delighted at it. I really, really am. Like I said, we're trying to balance and give everybody a fair shake. Because um, you know, we like to think that there's different supporters listening in. Watch Longford United be co as 2-0, as you'd expect at home. It's a, it's a good, uh, well, I thought it was a decent Longford side. I was wrong. This is a really, really good side here that, that we have in the making. And I probably, foolishly, by not knowing any naivety on my part, you're going to put the full-time teams ahead of them, you know, your, your Galways, Corks and, and Waterford. Just Longford side, by what I've seen, they can really challenge because, again, going off LOI TV and highlighting, reading match reports, I haven't been overly... Happy with the, the style of play we've seen in the fourth division this season, and i throw the likes of Waterford into that sentiment as well. Yeah, this Longford side, they, they were really, really enjoyable to watch over this 90 minutes playing out in the back, very, very comfortable. Uh, we've seen Darren Craven in the middle, he scored actually a lovely goal around the half an hour mark. Really, now poor defending, which you could say defenders backing off and letting them have the space, letting them have the option that to, to, to have a strike himself and um a young lad dylan uh, Manami right beside him in the middle only 20 years of age again i'm going off 20 i'm going off 90 minutes so I, I can't get too excited this lad looks like a real prospect of what you're seeing it's very very full of energy seems to have everything great range of passing very very comfortable the ball at his feet he stood out for me head and shoulders in this game and um, yeah very very exciting to watch i'm actually glad like i said, glad i decided to tune in and have a look because um it's, it's it's really opened my eyes to what this Longford side can do. I had them as potentially, if they can hover around that final player position. But, you know, I, I've been listening to Longford fans talk and, and see how excited they are for the season ahead. And I probably scoffed at them a little bit. But no, I, I can see what you mean now. Yeah, it, very, very exciting. Cove Armour, you take that with a pinch of salt, we have to see how they do going forward in, in the second and third round of games, playing, you know bigger calibre teams, but I was impressed with Longford tonight. Like, yeah, uh, no, a few Jews to them.
1: Okay, and their next games on Monday, they're playing Bray, uh, the way Bray are playing at the moment, that uh, you yeah. might fancy them to, to get something out of that. <clears throat> I can't see who they're playing on Friday, I'll have a look at that again. Um, in that division, Nathan, you, Cork are sitting pretty, we said that already, Galway yeah. are are there, uh, getting the results anyhow I'm not so sure as you said about the style and how they're playing and how well they're playing but they're, they're, they're definitely up there Waterford little bit of a stumble and Longford who have two games in hand can go yeah. up to joint second if they win their games in hand and from what you're saying you can see that happen
0: yeah Come here, again 90 minutes we can't get too excited but even looking at the results this season Roy, they've only lost one game uh, yeah. to Bray Wanderers that like, Bray again, been, been disappointed with how they've been getting on. It's just the draws with It seems to be a massive issue with them. Like Especially last year, it was ungodly. And seeing the uh, the, the nil-all draw to Treaty United, I always go back to it. I'm very conscious I always pick on this game, but it gave me flashbacks to that game last season against Treaty and Bray. I'm telling you, it was horrific. It was still, I still lie in bed at night and thinking, Jesus, I'm going to in my deathbed one day. And them 90 minutes will come back to haunt me because I'll never get them back. I could have spent that time with family or friends or doing something, anything at all. Like, um, but yeah, look, that Longford side, they seem to have a bit about them. And even even defensively, uh, Shane Elworthy was was good tonight. Um, the American guy in goal. Jeez, um, the names are really going on my head there. I do apologise. Uh, Denison, that's what it was, Dennison. Apologise about that. Uh, Mick Barker. <laughs> Someone as well that, you know, we've seen bounce around the league uh, for a couple of years. It would be great to see him get that consistency. I thought he played well as well tonight at the back for Longford Town. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. been happy with him tonight and I was uh, delighted to get to see him. Just to give me a bit of a an eye-opener and a bit of a lesson on how Longford have been getting on this season. And that, yeah, maybe we were a bit too quick. Well, I was a bit too quick. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to speak for you. Roy. I was probably a bit too quick to dismiss them. Um, just because you don't have um, the, the the monetary game that the other full-time teams in the division may have
1: yeah yeah um okay let's move on to bohemians and an issue you want to talk about is the captaincy at bose and maybe captaincy in general
0: yeah so i thought this was a bit interesting i've seen it being floated around by a few other people like we talked about bose last week so i'm not going to get too much into the nitty-gritty of how they've been performing uh, anyone interest are sitting in sixth position on 11 points, middle of the road, mid, mid, middle table. Which you would, yeah, you'd expect that probably for, for them this season to be in that little bit of a, of a European push, but anyway, look again. A lot of people made a lot of, of players leaving, uh, in the off season. Big ones for me, but well, the biggest one for me was Keith Buckley get away from the Georgia yeah. Kelly's and the Ross Tierney. Keith Buckley's a massive loss for me, is the captain, and uh, Bob Cornwall, the co captain. So, two mm-hmm. massive, massive uh, players to leave, just. Because I think that's the big issue for me that there's, from what I'm seeing. Now, we don't see a day in, day out and what goes on behind the scenes, but a lack of leadership on the field for me is a big issue. And you can even just look at the games against Rotterdam, UCD and Finn Harps. Uh, they drew all them games, won all. The, in all them games, Bohemians went 1-0 up and they conceded late enough goals to, to drop valuable points. Like they're teams that really should be beaten if they have aspirations to get into European football. So since the start of the season, We've seen uh, left-back Tyreek Wilson, who, first of all, I think is an absolute smashing full-back, one, one of the best in the league. I, I really do highly rate him. But yeah. we've seen Tyreek, he's only 22, uh, wear the ambience, uh, even though he was never officially announced as the club captain. So when Tyreek was out for two weeks, we've seen Jordan Flores, 26, only newly signed for the club in the off-season. We've seen him wear the captain's armband. Where this got interesting for me was both of them played in their 1-0 win, uh, in the showgrounds against Sligo Rovers on the 5th of April and it wasn't Week Wilson that was wearing the Brand; it was Jordan Flores look make of that what you will I've seen people say was well that a demotion for Tyreek because um, the week before the Sligo game they were beaten 2-1 by Derry City in Dalyman Park that down to a 92th uh, James Akatunde winner Keith Long was very critical in, in the media and in interviews about his back four then you had Tyree coming out himself and saying that he's not the most vocal player in the dressing room. Which I didn't think so, but I had a lot of people questioning why is he the captain? For me, like the captain doesn't always have to be like an absolute mental case, roaring and shouting and slamming things around the dressing room. I'd like a captain to be vocal in terms of instructions. He should be the manager's mouth really on the pitch. You know, he should be giving instructions, he should be giving encouragement and be just generally leading by example with his performances. So, as someone that's seen Tyreek Wilson play uh, in the flesh, he isn't the most vocal guy in the pitch at all. I've seen that myself with St. Pat's down the years in Birmingham. As good as a player he is, he's just not the most vocal a player. And I think yeah. that's, that's it's, it, 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 something that you need uh, as a captain. So, yeah i i really do I, I i don't know are we making this into a non-issue what do you think is it a non-issue is there a lack of leaders at bohemians is there so many even in in that bohemian squad at the moment that you think could up, up the captaincy because when actually you know i'm going to do something stupid and answer my own question because when keith buckley left and rob cornwall left i thought it was made for someone like james Talbot. that you, you see him in goal he's constantly howling constantly trying to organize his, his back four as an any, any good goalkeeper should but yeah I even thought it was strange when, when Wilson started uh, rocking the armband brand at the start of the season
1: yeah I, I, I don't know if I'm in favour of goalkeepers being captains uh, they're, they're always mouthy anyhow so you're always yeah. going to hear them the other, whether they're a captain or, or they're not a captain so um, listen if, the, if, you, if you feel he's the best person in the squad and you don't feel that anyone else can do the job fair enough I do think that the, the player who's going to be captain needs to, as you said, he has to be a manager on the pitch. So he needs to be, not only to be able to play well, he needs to be tactically aware. He needs to know uh, nearly everyone's position inside out. He needs to be able to know personalities inside out. So he needs to be able to, you know, encourage those that need encouragement, bollock those that need a bollocking, you know, uh, motivate players on the pitch. It's it's a tough role being a, being a captain. Yeah. And all. In all of that, you have to perform in your position then as well. Um, and it's normally someone who has a bit of experience because, you know, uh, Tyreek is only 22. And that's why Jordan Flores at 26 years of age, you you see that Dundalk. I don't know his personality that well. So I I, can't, you would. I don't want to call-
0: I don't want to cut but again seeing him play he is very vocal on the pitch okay. in fairness to Jordan he is yeah. so
1: and again as I said I don't know his personality so he may be vocal but I don't know how he comes across yeah. I don't know what he says I don't know how, what manner he says it you know some people can can be vocal and can you know piss people off really yeah. uh, some people can be vocal and encourage and, and say the right things and say the right words so um, but you would think that someone his age of his experience would be a number one candidate uh, Chris Twardek has loads of experience he's gone away to different countries to play I mean he is in a different country that he's playing and now he's an international you would think that he would be someone but then again maybe his maybe he's not vocal enough but I would think as you said someone who is like Buckley, who is able to get a message across, someone who is uh, experienced and, and has seen what left fulls need, what centre backs need, you know, communicate tactically about what their positions and be able to take that information off a manager and be able to pass it on out on the pitch because obviously you can't hear everything that the manager is saying out there. So yeah. if the instructions are coming from on the pitch all the time, well then, brilliant. That's a, that's a really good captain. So, yeah, I, I think that if you have older lads in the team with experience, you should be looking at them more so than the younger lads. Let the younger lads develop their game. And if it's if, if Tyreek's game is suffering because of it, and you said as at the back line is sort of struggling, he might have a little confidence issue because he's not able to deal with it with the the lack of experience that he has. Where someone like uh, Flores may be playing a poor game, but may very well be able to get himself through a game just pure determination and mental strength and he may not play the best in the world but he'll still give you everything and people, you know, when that's the minimum you can give when you're playing the game of football is absolutely everything and not let the game get at you. Sometimes you're touched or you're passing and everything. Sometimes it just doesn't work for you but you try to fight through that and make the best out of it as much as you can. So younger players sometimes just crumble under that pressure. So yes, I think it's an important thing for a team like bohemians and as you said Tyreek is a quiet lad so it's surprising sometimes you pick a captain because of how he plays so if he's not playing well and he doesn't talk then he's probably not the right lad
0: I will say as well in fairness to him I actually seen him in that game against Sligo where he beat them one lead. he was excellent on the night and another interesting point and another actually thing we'll here, Roy, is uh Keith Long had his say on the whole issue because it was it was made right. in, into a bit into a bit of a deal uh, after this, this Log of Rovers game when the two of them were playing and Flores had the armband. Pretty right. much what it came out and said was that it's uh, you're looking at a generational difference now in the dressing room, like the dressing room dynamic, as I'm sure you know Roy from being in dressing room for Lucan United on a weekly basis. It's, it's different with the younger players coming through now. It's probably it's a bit more quiet, it's a bit more subdued, it's even probably what it was 10, 15 years ago. And Keith pretty much said that, he, like I was saying earlier, Tyreek Wilson actually was never officially announced as a club captain. Keith said that he doesn't want to put that burden on any player uh, at the moment at Bohemians, uh, that he feels a leader may grow into the dressing room. So I suppose what, what we could talk about coming off the back of that is, with the younger lads coming through with the way they are, you know, it is the dress rooms are a different gravy to what they were, like said 15 years ago. And we do have young captains in the league, you know, Owen Toll at like Derry City and Jack Keeney, both of my twenty UCD, both my twenty three, and both of them do that role very well. But I suppose is the art of captaincy a bit of a dying art, or are we always gonna have, you know, these, these lads coming through that era a little bit not for lack of a better term, a little bit mildy that, you know, take that leadership role more so than other lads do? or Are we going to see the see situation die out? Are they just going to go to the more talented players or the, the lads that can lead, by example, with their performances rather than with their, with their encouragement?
1: I think it's a problem. I don't think yeah. it's... It, it, if, if Keith's, Keith's a, a top manager, he he knows how to work a dressing room, etc., that's fine. But I think it's a problem if people can't talk, if players can't talk or communicate in the dressing room and things are quiet in there. That, I am I I worry about uh, football because you do. And I know they talk about people having earphones and, in and all that. Football is about communication as well. And you have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to uh, create a, a banter, a team bond. And, you know, you need to have someone to look at to drive you on. If if they're all left to their own devices, maybe, maybe that's why Bohemians are mid-table. Maybe that's why they're, they're struggling a little bit. Maybe they need to get someone to grab them by the scruff of the neck. It doesn't have to be Roy Kane stuff, you know. It, but it yeah. does have to be someone who they respect someone who they look up to, someone that they take the word for. And, if, and if, if they respect, say it's Jordan Flores, if they respect them and look at uh, how he plays, they fight harder when he says something to them, you know, they're, you know it, it, the simple the thing, someone could be having a nightmare. Listen, you're better than that, you know, concentrate getting your touch together. Keep it simple, you know, try and keep in their head and don't let them crumble. You know, a, a good captain keeps communicating with his players. So I'd be a little bit worried about that kind of comment. I'm I'm, I'm not so sure about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is definitely interesting to see, isn't it? Because it is like, like a generation, like, I can't talk about like, like a younger generation. I'm only 25. <laughs> like, I, I can't sit back as a wedded and, veteran and say, but. Even with my own experience, it is, you know, it's very common now to, you know, mobile phones are very prevalent in dressing rooms. There's, there's the atmosphere they, is, is completely, completely different. Uh, I don't yeah. get it. And like I you said, ear, earphones. It was actually funny enough, you, you actually mentioned the earphones. I was listening to, a bit off topic with League of Ormond, I was listen, listening to uh Sean Deutsch do an interview on Sky Sports during the week. And he was talking about Pef Peele as a manager. And he, he mentioned that, he goes, do you want the lads to come up with me and have a conversation? even though they're turned off, but the earbuds are still sitting in their ears. Yeah. It's like every time you do that, I just it's want a to lack play, of respect. pull them smash them. Yeah, it's yeah. a lack
1: of respect for me. I, 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 There's a lot of things I question now, Nathan. Uh, one is uh, parents bringing up their kids and, uh, you know, respect being shown to people, you know, simple things, you know, the holding the doors open for people and, yeah. you know, and as I said, taking your earphones out when someone's talking to you, you know, uh, it's... I just don't get it, you know. I mean,
0: thank you. Just simple, like, as simple as that. Like it's it, simple, it, you know. Yeah, but there's yeah.
1: there's there's basic things that I see that is not there now. Is and you can call it a generational thing. But if it's a generational thing, it's a problem. And I think yeah. for Keith Long, if if it's a generational thing in his dressing room that there's too many quiet people. That's a problem. I think he needs to sort that. I think that was gonna uh, that's gonna linger for him, and, and that will be a problem uh, as they go along. If it's let be that way, I think he needs someone in there to to, to communicate and, and and show them the right way about going about things. Yeah. Okay, Nathan. Tonight, uh, the Ireland women's team were playing Sweden, and turned out they got an absolutely fantastic draw away from home. One all, Katie McCabe with the uh, the opening goal. But this is a great result for, for them in this group, isn't it?
0: Absolutely brilliant, Roy. You know, this is a Sweden side that hasn't dropped any points at home since 20, uh, 2010. Sorry, even further back in 2012, 2010. Yeah. Brilliant. You know they're sitting in top position, eight points, two points off. Finland, who are sitting in second place. Uh, and we also have a game in hands. So, yeah, really, really is. Look, Sweden are already qualified for the 2023 uh, Women's World Cup. I believe it's, it's in Australia and New Zealand, isn't it? I actually don't that? know
1: I'm not too sure where yeah. it is Nathan
0: yeah yeah I think it is um, but look, at the end of the day we if we're looking at the Orleans women team there's three major co Orleans now coming off they're, they're playing Georgia away on the 27th of June who, who and that's their game in, the that's their game in hand yeah so and this is a game they be, have to,
1: dude, sorry, sorry, wait, sorry, name, sorry that would be to go one point ahead of Finland isn't that right if they win that game yeah
0: yeah that is that game is going to be in June and and you have to win this game. This is the Georgia side that are sitting bottom uh, in Group A with zero points. Then the massive one. They have two huge games in September. But most importantly, the fourth of September, they're uh, at home, the Finland. So I'm sure when we, we, we report our news in terms of venues and tickets, it'd be great to see people pack out, whether it be Stadium or Tornas Course, whatever it may be. Because um, this is it's a massive two games. And then they yeah, finish huge. up on the 6th of September with Slovakia away from home. So, yeah, still, with this one-all draw away to Sweden, a massive, massive, like I said, it can't be downplayed a big result this is. Ireland really could be looking at their first-ever uh, first Women's World Cup. And... Oh, and the
1: country needs it badly. Do you know? like I mean, if the men's yeah. team aren't getting to their tournaments, which they aren't at the moment, you need the women's team now to lift it. And for women's football, it would be massive. It would be huge yeah. to have those figures out there, someone to look up to and, 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 and get more women. And girls playing football this would be, it'd be absolutely brilliant so when this game comes around against finland we, they've got to pack out the house and make sure yeah. that they're, they're as vocal as can be because you seen the way it was uh when they they, they 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 hammered wasn't it georgia who they hammered yeah in, in the la- the last game and now now in this game there there's a bit of belief and um, i think they've only lost one nathan if, I, if i'm if i'm correct yeah. and that was against sweden was that right
0: yeah, yeah
1: yeah I, I so, thought you think all right, I was looking in yep. yeah so they're doing unbelievably well the level has really increased and, and and Vera Powell has done a really good job but it does show that the game has grown as well that the, the talent that we have has grown as well so there there is there is those uh, foundations as well you just hope now that a world cup just like the, the senior team with in 1990 and 94 football just grew absolutely massively on top of an already popular sport. Women's football needs this now here in this country and it would be absolutely fantastic. And it'd be great for us to be able to cheer on an Irish team in a World Cup again.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and it's, like I said, very important just to the growth of women's football because it's we're seeing it, but we're not doing now we're, we're nowhere near to being done. You now we're looking at domestically with the Women's National League with terms of sponsorship mm. and the marketing push that that's getting. Um, actually, speaking of that, we, we, we'll give the, uh, the the four players I mentioned uh, representing the Women's National League. We, have, we had no Women's National League fixtures over the past week because this break. Um, we So, who did we have? We had uh, Chloe Mustaki. She uh, left back, played the full 90 minutes, vital role in today's game, plays for Shelbourne. Uh, Ellen Malloy was an unused sub, only 17. Jeez, like, serious young talents. Uh, tr- trying to play for uh, Wexford, great to see yeah. her on the squad. Anya O'Gorman, very familiar name to a lot of people. And Thomasine, she's absolutely excellent. Um, tends to play a very deep hole midfielder for P Mount United but in fairness with the Ireland it's, it's not uncommon to see our player right back either so very versatile player and um, then Jessica Zui uh, again on the sub only 19 playing by Shelbourne so congratulations to, to those four for even making it into the Ireland squad and everybody else you know we said Katie McCabe um, playing for Arsenal doing excellent at the minute she's the real she's one of the figureheads of Irish football yeah. one, of the, one of the icons at the moment and um, and leading, we have, by example. Uh, Leon Kiernan, leading by example, Leanne Kernan, very selfishly heading the game. Um, Ambassador, great to see her She's playing over at Liverpool at the moment. She came on off the bench. Yeah, all brilliant. Brilliant to see. Excellent. Massive game against Finland coming up in September. Like I said, when we get news, we report on venues, tickets. Great to see people. Going to go, try to get there myself, uh, support them on because it really can't be understated how. Massive will be for Ireland to get to the Women's World Cup in 2023. Huge. And the under-16s are starting the four-team tournament today as well, Nathan. They've started it already? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been watching some of score games today, Roy. Like I said, Longford. Uh, this game was on uh, a half-two. Uh, it was shown live on YouTube. So without wrapping myself out, while I was in walk, I stuck it on. Had a cheeky little look. Sorry, Gaffer, if you're listening in. Um, I did get my stuff done, though. Unfortunately, (laughs) the Ireland... (laughs) I said that with such a lack of confidence. (laughs) Uh, So, unfortunately, the Islands under-16s were beaten 3-2 by the Serbia under-16s. So, Serbia are the host of this uh, fourteen tournament, which also involves uh, North Macedonia and Montenegro. Look, excellent experience uh, for the lads. They were tuned up at half-time, but unfortunately, they let the lead slip. Um, Even hit the crossbar late on, so... Quite disappointing. Look, the goals again, we're getting represented well right? League of Ireland. Uh, two goal scorers We had a uh, Naj uh, Razzi sorry, Naj Razi uh, playing for Shamrock Rovers, got the opening goal. Then uh, Trent Coney Doherty, he was playing for Derry City, but seems to be Liverpool on bounce. A lot of hype around this, uh, this young lad. He got the second goal and i tell you some massive league of Ireland uh, representation here we got five lads from st pats lads from Shelbourne, shamrock rovers warford bohemians i have a list of the names here and honestly it take a few minutes to go through the whole lot of them so willing to see su- such a such big league of Ireland representation when it comes to the oil squads and long may I continue when the future is definitely bright because there were some seriously talented lads out there today Um, unfortunately I would just defeat Paula's Arms lads, he'll go into a third place playoff, that'll be played on Thursday the 14th of April, again it'll be on YouTube for free so anybody wants to check it out give it a look because like i said some talented lads in that squad today really really yeah, good
1: it's all about experience nathan and they're going they're getting great experience playing in those tournaments uh, it, it really it, it, of course you want to win games and it, yeah. it breeds confidence etc cetera, etc cetera, but uh, you, you, when you lose games you le- learn a hell of a lot more okay uh you want to give a plug for the david conroy memorial cup in head of the game park
0: yeah, let's let's just uh, finish off on that. Look, like I said, Dave, uh, David Conway Memorial Cup. Unfortunately, we might remember uh, David tragedy passed away uh, last August. He was extremely high regarded uh, under 14's coach at Drottaday. He was also a supporter and volunteer. But most importantly, he was a family man. He, he, he was a father of a tree. Um, very sad to hear that news coming in. Uh, so, the game is going to take place on Saturday, the Thursday of April at 3 o'clock in Heading the Game Park. There's still limited tickets available if anybody's interested. They're, they're 25 euro. I think there's a booking fee included. You can get them on bookinghawk.com if anyone's interested. The game itself is Leigh Town United Legends versus Liverpool Legends. And I tell you, there's some big names going to be on display if there's any Liverpool fans listening in. You mean, you mean it, Jan Mulvey? It, Jan Mulvey, <laughs> the one and only. Um, it gets bigger, trust me. It gets bigger, lads. I know you, you thought Jan was, was the big one. You have uh, the likes of Ian Rush, Ronnie Whelan, John Aldrich, Jason McAteer, and of course, Jermaine Pennant. All the stars came out with this one. Uh, check out even the Facebook page if you can attend the game. There's fundraisers, there's merchandise uh, being sold. Um, so, all proceeds of this are going towards uh, Laytown United's development fund. Laytown United is another club that was extremely close to the heart of David Conroy. So, yeah, we've just reached out, seeing think we give it a bit of a plug to get one last push. Well, about two weeks out of the game now. So, anyone listening, if you, if you want to get tickets again, go on to bookandhawk.com. If you can help out in any way, check out the Facebook page. Uh, two clubs very close to David's heart. So, it'd be brilliant to see, wouldn't it? And again, it all goes back to that community of, of League of Ireland football and amateur football. It's it's a link that should be made. So, yeah, anyone interested, to get on to it because it looks like it's going to be a cracking day. Hopefully the weather is on the side. Probably won't be. But, yeah, don't, don't miss a chance to see uh, uh, some major Liverpool legends and Jermaine Pennant play a bit of ball.
1: Um, yeah get out and support that as much as you can hopefully next week we will have Brian O'Sullivan former Wexford manager join us on the show so do join us next week for that Uh, Nathan thanks very much for your time Um, if you're listening again on the podcast don't forget we're on YouTube and vice versa on the move have a look out for us on SoundCloud Spotify TuneIn Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts Talk to you soon.